0: Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What does it mean to be present, to try and stay in the moment that you're in and not worry about the future or regret the past? It's something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm Diane Ray, and I have always had questions about the big picture. God, life after death, spirituality, metaphysics, and what drives people to do what they do. And I like to ask them about it and learn from it. If you're a seeker like me, I hope you join me for some of these conversations on the podcast and be present with me in this moment. Thanks for joining me for the conversation today. You know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, that I love to hear stories and I love to learn from stories. And today you're going to hear an amazing one, a story of survival, healing, forgiveness and reinvention. Michelle Renee experienced the unthinkable. In November 2003, masked gunmen forced their way into her San Diego home and held her and her daughter, Bria, who was seven at the time and a roommate hostage for 14 hours. They strapped fake dynamite to her and her daughter's body and forced her to rob the Bank of America that she was the vice president of and she managed. And they told her that they would detonate the explosives if she refused to comply and she was forced to take $360,000 from the vault. I mean, this is just an unbelievable story that happened here in San Diego before, right before I moved here. So I wasn't here when this actually happened, but I just, I can't believe what she had been through. Um, the men told her that they had been staking out the bank for months before targeting her home in this terrifying heist. And she was able to cooperate with the authorities in the investigation, and the kidnappers were apprehended only after she was able to clear her own name from being a suspect, if you can believe that. It's an amazing story. I mean, I'm trying to encapsulate this into just a paragraph, which is very difficult to do, but I do hope that you read her first book, which kind of chronicles this whole story. It's called Held Hostage, the True Story of a Mother and Daughter's Kidnapping. And that book came out in 2006. It was also made into a Lifetime movie. So the question now, like after I've kind of given you the the brief backstory of that, how do you rebuild your life after an experience like that? How is that even possible? How can you deal with the after effect of that kind of trauma and move forward. Well, Michelle explores that topic in her new book that we're gonna talk about today. See, now I have to go back and read this other book now that I've read this one. So her new book is called Nine Days, Living With My Soul Wide Open After Violent Trauma. And it documents Michelle's journey to healing over a road trip to meet her daughter in Alaska on the way to build a new life. And I'm so happy she could join me today to talk about this. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thanks for stopping by my humble podcast here. I mean, when I was trying to get my notes together to to talk with you today, I'm like, how can I encapsulate this whole in- incredible story leading up to the one that that I've been reading? in nine days. And it, it's just, it's unbelievable, um, what you went through and how you were able to come through this. It's all true. I mean, I really do hope people will explore this. There's a lot of it's on the internet and explore your first book held hostage. But what interested me about this book about nine days is your, your growth and, and your journey to, you know, kind of come back into yourself. And the subtitle of the book is called Living With My Soul Wide Open. And I would think that the last thing you'd want to be is wide open after that whole experience that you went through. But but what does that mean for you that, you know, that you wanted to put that in the subtitle, you know, being wide open? How, how have you been able to do that?
1: Well, I think living with our soul wide open means taking any situation that we've survived. It doesn't have to be as, you know, something as, you know, catastrophic as, as what we have survived and what we went through. It can be, you know, a divorce or a car crash. It can be so many different things that we have to figure out how to process positively and figure out what are the things that I can extract from this situation that are going to help me grow, propel me forward, help me evolve in a way that's going to, you know, bring more consciousness into my life that's going to bring more gratitude into my life that's going to bring more love and appreciation and get me to be more present in my life because surviving something like that so many times we end up just completely doing the opposite of being open which is we completely curl up in a ball and we end up you know shrinking if you will in so many ways that to me just was not the you know, the example that I wanted to set for my daughter. I wanted to show my daughter that we did not, because of this, we did not need to contract forever. Instead, we needed to figure out a way to choose to expand from the situation and learn and grow and be open to new experiences and living life in a way that wasn't in this sort of box labeled victim for the rest of our lives. Were we victimized? Yes. Was it horrific? Yes. How long we remain in that spot and stay stuck there is up to us.
0: And your daughter was 7 at the time and how old is she now? I guess in her 20s.
1: She's in her 20s. She's in her late 20s, and engaged and getting ready to get married. Yeah.
0: Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And I mean her and she has been through some other challenges, you know, since then and I want people to read the book, so I don't wanna, I want to I don't want to give up too much, but I mean coming through something like this does it replay or has it replayed over and over in your head, like relapses? I mean, I can only um, imagine, I've had not an experience as horrific, but I remember I was robbed at at gunpoint and kind of clipped over the head um, in front of my old apartment. This was years ago, I was in my 20s. And I remember like after that, and you share things about this in the book where your daughter was afraid of, of people, you know, and especially a, a African-American people because one of the abductors was. And I had a similar experience where I would I would freeze up or one of my neighbors who was African-American kind of surprised came up behind me not long after this incident happened and I started screaming in his face and I felt so horrible because that wasn't who I was. You know, I normally wouldn't be afraid of that person and I felt, is this how it's going to be? I mean, did you feel that, is this going to be my new normal you know, after that? And did she feel like that too?
1: Yeah. I mean, we went through probably two years, a little over two years of trauma therapy specifically to deal with the trauma, the PTSD. And for me, I grew up in a really violent home. So this incident brought up a lot of stuff for me that I had never dealt with prior to it as well. And so, you know, coming through something like this and and all of a sudden you're thrown into all of these triggers that hit you out of the blue and you do read you do you it does replay in your brain it does you know things trigger it over and over and over and it becomes so noisy in your mind so when people's you know the smell of the boots that my face were right next to or the sound of the duct tape unripping and they were wearing nylon you know pants sweatsuits that i could hear the swish of it And it's, and they're yelling and their demands and the pressure, all of that turns into this incredible amount of noise in the mind and the replay. Like you said, yes, I didn't know if we would ever get through that. I didn't know if we would ever be able to sleep at night in the same way without being absolutely terrified. That was a big part of our healing journey is wanting the noise. And I'm going to say it, I was suicidal. There were times where I had suicidal ideations after this, where I just wanted, and I tell, I've said this before. I did not want to end my life. I didn't want to die. I just wanted the noise to stop. I just wanted to be able to sleep just for one night, you know, and and that is a big part of healing from trauma. And that's a big part of why I wanted to write this book because a lot of people, they do get stuck there. And I want them to know it is 100% possible to live and, and heal from that and process through that and get to the other side of that where you're able to celebrate life again, and give yourself permission to be curious about life again and get out there and take life on again.
0: And you work with people now to deal with traumatic events, right, that have happened to them. In their past, and actually, in writing this book, nine days, you look back over your own life and events that are very difficult to revisit, and and frankly, you know, some are, are hard to read. Um, I felt, you know, so much compassion for you going, you know, going through that process. I mean, how do you how do you work with people to not, you know, go into the self blame game or, or victim mentality? You know, when these things are coming up and when they're Looking at their at their past,
1: you know, we have to come to the point or, you know, really guide somebody or mentor somebody to the place where they understand that the, the decisions that we made and the things that we did and the life that we lived in survival mode. Whether it's we're going through a rough childhood like I did, the rough teen years as a teen runaway like I did, or surviving from a violent trauma and a violent crime such as this. We have to get to a place where we understand we made decisions and behaved in certain ways during that time that are no longer applicable to right now, but because we got in the habit of responding in a certain way because of trauma and, and presenting ourselves in the world in a certain way or allowing fear to guide our lives and make the decisions in the in our lives for us that is no longer needed you're no longer in the situation that you were when it was important for you to have those decision making abilities based on fear because you were in a survival type situation you were in a in a place where that was necessary. You've gotta understand that you are now no longer in that place where those behaviors are necessary. So when, how do we take, how do we transform those? How do we transform those thoughts into where you are right now, accepting where you are right now, owning where you are right now and not allowing the past to dictate where what you think, feel, how you present yourself, how you travel through your life and, and show up in the world today, right now, when when that situation is no longer a part of the picture.
0: I love that. And I love that whole concept. Actually, one of the reasons why I even called this podcast Be Present, because I always try to work on that myself to, you know, try to keep myself in in that moment. And what you can control, which is the only thing you can control is in the present, you can't change the past, or control the future. So I think it's kind of a a constant struggle. Yeah,
1: And people don't understand or they don't, You know, we get busy and things are, you know, crazy with our lives. And, you know, for me being a single mom and going through all of this, and what am I going to do about money and what am I going to do for work? I lost my career. I never lived in that home again. And, you know, you eventually have to get to a point where you become so hyper aware that I need to live my life today based on where I am right now today, not based on where I was last year or 20 years ago or in my childhood you've got to heal those places and there's so many tools and and, and processes and great programs like emotional healing retreats i know the people that my really 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 good friend janna wilson she's the founder that is a remarkable there That is a remarkable program where people are able to go and spend a week and, and get this incredible amount of healing um, and insights and guidance and those types of things to help you break away from, you know, really living your life from a wounded child space.
0: Right. And how important do you think is it to, I mean, it's definitely important to get to that space, but to be able to not let what, what happened define you, which I'm sure anybody who's been through such a a life-changing event like that, like you don't always want to be the mom that was kidnapped and, you know, forced to rob the bank and all of this. That's not all of who you are.
1: Well, I think it's the number one, you know, the the number one key for me in that was that I was very tuned into that inner call, that inner voice, which is very different from self-talk, the self-talk and all of the noise up in our head. That's not that inner guidance or that inner voice that's really guiding you where you've got to get still, you've got to get quiet, you've got to listen to that and think to yourself, am I going to let what happened to me rule the rest of my life? Is this who I really want to show up and be for my child? Because I need to set an example for her here. She's going to follow my lead, whether I know she's watching or not. She's going to be listening when I don't know she's listening. So how am I going to model recovery in a really positive way and let her know that it is our decision whether or not we stay stuck there or not? And for me, it was about going, okay, I have this big inner call, which is what nine days is about. I had this inner calling that was literally telling me, that you need to do this. You need to get all. You need to take this road trip. Go drop your daughter off in Alaska with her grandma. Come back, give away all your stuff, and drive from San Diego to Alaska alone with no money, hardly at all, and 104,000 miles already on the engine on the car that I had. And I was going. I was having this argument with whatever you want—spirit, God, universe. I was going. No way. I cannot do this. I'm not doing this. But the bottom line is I eventually said, yes, I couldn't ignore it. I didn't understand it. And that's another thing. Sometimes we need to just show up and do the things that we feel we're being called to do, no matter how uncomfortable it is, whether we understand it or not, we're not going to know where it leads unless we just show up and say, yes, that's step number one show up and say yes, and then figure out the rest later. I mean, that's one-on-one in business too, right? For my company, a client would say, do you know how to do this? I'm like, absolutely. I would be Googling for days figuring out how to do it and showing up like I was a pro, but you say yes and you show up And then you do your best every single day and it's amazing what begins to show up and be revealed to you when you decide that you're going to move away from old patterns and and get away from being stuck in that victim box and, and understand that there's this whole life out there ahead of you that literally is waiting for you if you just step away from fear and you step into truth. And you step into curiosity, which is a big one. You step into being curious about life again. And you step into what does it sound like when I laugh again? What does it feel like when I dance again? What is it? How does it feel when the wind is in my hair and I'm pedaling my bike as fast as I can down the road, grab a bike and go do it. Like you've got to begin to sort of just live with your soul wide open again. What is revealed from that point is remarkable, or at least it has been for me.
0: I love that and it's just amazing how fear is such a controlling factor right in in everything in so many of our decisions and, and I love your advice because kind of the, the fake it till you make it I've 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 used that a lot <laughs> you know if you don't know the answer hmm okay let, let me get back to you on that and then you're like trying to figure out the answer and then you can like the answer will come to you the person will come and and I want to kind of touch on that too with the road trip with 9 days because you know, you were talking about staying open and trusting the universe. And yeah. in your experience, and I mean, I love a, I love a road trip. And this has happened to it, me uh, where uh, <laughs> sometimes things will happen right on the road. And you, you talk about this in the book. You've had some guardian angels. And I think magical, mystical things unexplained can happen on the road. And if you're open to it and you can meet some pretty amazing, cool people, if you don't let fear and some of those things hold you back and, you know, maybe you could share like an instance of a guardian angel experience for people and Um, being open to that.
1: I have chills just thinking about this guardian angel who I was just talking to last night, by the way. And so I'm on the road, I'll give you this. Well, I'll I'll tell you the story of hope Canada. I'm on the road. I end up, I'm just going to make a, do this in a very elevator pitch version I'm locked out of my car with the engine running and my dog's inside, and we're in the middle of nowhere, this little town called Hope, Canada, because I wanted to jump out of the car and get a photo of this cute little scene that reminded me of a Norman Rockwell painting that I just felt like I needed to hop out and capture. Well, I got back to my car, couldn't get in, didn't know what to do. I'm literally out in the middle of nowhere. And this woman's driving by and I think she under, you know, I'm, I'm like freaking out and kind of waving her down. She pulls up, gets out of the car. Her name is Linda Panetta. She's a photojournalist that is now on sort of this hiatus from coming back and covering a war zone. And she's needing a break just to take a big breather. And she's got a camera around her neck and she ends up helping me get back into my car And we end up just hitting it off and she ends up, we end up spending hours and hours and hours and hours together talking and we are still connected to this day. And I won't give away everything that happened during Hope Canada and, you know, how we spent these hours and everything that happened the next, you know, the next day and all that good stuff. but because I I really want people to feel this story. It's so good. Um, And I'm still, she's, she's one of my favorite people in my life to this day. And that's just one of so many things that happened on this road trip that just continued to reveal to me that this road trip was not about getting from point A to point B like I thought at
0: all. No, it was much more than that. And I hope that people pick this up because it is such an, an incredible story. And we didn't even mention your dog. We have to mention your co-pilot on this. Oh, my co-pilot. Do you Haley. still have the dog? Yeah. Do you still have no, Haley?
1: No, I, I don't have the dog. Her oh. name was Haley. And uh, my sister, actually, I was going on the road trip alone by myself without a dog. And my sister showed up just to pick up the few things you know, sentimental things that I couldn't part with and bring them to her house and keep them in her garage for me. And she comes with the dog and says you need to take you i i'm i'm going to feel more comfortable if you take my dog with you on the road so it was kind of like you know protection for me but also to help my sister kind of feel better about me being out on the road like this alone especially after everything i had been through i didn't know how i was going to handle it no one knew how i was going to handle it everyone thought i was absolutely crazy but haley was the sweetest sweetest Best little road tripping pit bull. I just absolutely fell in love with her and we were buddies for a long time. And then she ended up going to a new home when we, after we were in Alaska for a while, because she didn't get along with my, with Bria's grandmother's dog, a little Corgi. They didn't really get along too well. So I had to find Haley a new home up in Alaska.
0: But she was a good co-pilot.
1: Amazing. At
0: at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It said, it reminded me of a, I took a road trip, I was moving from Texas to California with a friend of mine and we had a yellow lab and his name was doc and he had a silver tooth that would kind of glimmer. (laughs) And he would wait, you know, when we stopped at the rest stop, the dog would wait. We're in the hotel, the dog would wait. And he was just such a great co-pilot They're They're such amazing animals. Um, I mean, so many great great things
1: in the tent at night, especially when it was cold. Like, yeah, to cuddle up in the tent. my in my co-pilot in the car. And then when I finally ended up getting a tent, um, she was, she was a great little snuggle, snuggle buddy for my nights in the tent as well.
0: Well, she's a great part of the story. So I just kind of wanted, I wanted to to throw her in as well. I mean, I want to I want to mention just part of, um, there's, there was a dramatic event that happened with one of the kidnappers that y- you were actually able to forgive. And I just want to mention that because, Forgiveness is kind of tossed around a lot these days, like people think it's so easy to say, oh, I forgive you, or you need to forgive this person or that kind of thing. I really think it's a process and forgiveness, not necessarily forgiving their action or anything like that, how you can, how you can get there and and you share how you were able to forgive one of these people. Um, you know, towards the end of the book and the concept of radical forgiveness. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I think it's, it's such an interesting part of the story.
1: Well, I forgive all of them. Um, And we ended up writing one of them a letter several years ago, just letting him know that we're releasing all the negative attached to what happened. We're no longer going to carry any of this negative attached to the situation forward with us, we're going to leave it right here. And we're going to focus on all the positive things that really did come from a horrific situation. And that was our choice. And you're right. Forgiveness has been, was very confusing for me growing up actually too, because it's always been attached to a religious conversation. And I, I, you know, I literally thought, you know, I'm, I'm very spiritual. I'm, totally, you know, I meditate. I talk to God every day. I'm that person. Um, but I never, I don't really do the label thing. And I thought, well, forgiveness isn't for me. It's just for this group of people over here or these people over here that are in this, you know, that that believe in a certain thing that I don't necessarily believe. That's not true. Forgiveness has nothing to do with that type of a conversation um, unless you attach that meaning to it. But I don't. For me, forgiveness is literally coming to a place of understanding that this happened, it is no longer happening. What can I extract from this? That's really, really positive. What is the lesson? What did I learn? What are those gems that I can pick up on the beach of this Of this entire situation and put them in my pocket and walk forward with them with me. So that's kind of the way that I think of it. And to me, that is what forgiveness is. Forgiveness isn't excusing what the other person did. It's not letting anybody off the hook whatsoever. It's literally saying, I choose me. I choose to focus on a positive, wonderful future for myself, for my child, for the people around me. I'm no longer going to run around saying, they're monsters, I hate them, I'm angry, I'm bitter. That is just poisoning yourself. That is ruining your life. That is harming yourself and that would be harming my child far more than what one night of absolute, excuse the French, but hell did to us and to our lives and turned everything upside down for a time, but if I would have continued along Any line related to hate, anger, bitterness, they're monsters, instead of saying, I want to understand, I want to know what happened to them that made them do something so terrible. Where did they go? Where did they take a wrong turn in their life? Who are these people? This is somebody's son. This is somebody's grandson or brother or maybe dad. What happened to them when we start to live our lives from a place of compassion and love and we let that be the driver? that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is just letting love and compassion and understanding be the driver in your life and moving forward with, with all the positive that you can gain from a situation instead of focusing on what you've lost.
0: Right. And you did find out a little bit about you know the backgrounds of the abductors, the kidnapper, and and being able to let go of those and I think it's really corrosive, toxic, you know, those feelings. It takes a lot of energy, right? To to hold that. Um and, and being able to to process it to where it's not affecting your life every day. I mean, that's that's huge. It's huge. You, you must it have really felt is. so much lighter, you know. Yeah, after and just that.
1: more, you know, more optimistic, you know. I mean, suddenly you're you're lifting up your head and you're opening your eyes and the things are just you know, you're noticing detail. And when you start, when you tell yourself, I'm still here, I've still got 24 hours in a day, every day that I'm still here living and breathing to do something with that. How are you going to structure that? How are you going to curate your experiences every day moving forward with this, what I call a second chance at life? And, and it's literally all up to you. No one else can make the decision on how you're going to move forward. Now I'm like extra grateful. I mean, I was already in gratitude before, but I'm extra grateful. And I was already curious, but hello, I am like way on the other side of curious. Now I'm like people, places, things, travel. What can I experience next? What books can I read? What can I learn? How can I grow? Because I'm still here and I want to do something meaningful with the time that I am here, and the fact that I I didn't die, which I thought we were going to die, and when we didn't, and and we ended up making it through the darkest part of the recovery, I thought, how am I going to orchestrate or construct now this life that is focused on joy and happiness, because anything else just sounds, you know, like, you know for me it just sounds like a waste of time i've got i've got the second chance here what am i going to do with it i want to make this time i have matter
0: what a perspective it, it really is incredible that a, a lot of people just take so many things for granted and i think that when you're really facing something like that and in that kind of situation where you're you're thinking okay this could be it um you know then what and that you want to give back and then to share your story is, is really amazing. I mean, with nine days, like this is, is this kind of the end of, of a cycle in a sense where you may, you know, you can kind of put this, this part to bed and then move on. Like what are your next steps, your next plan?
1: I do think this is such a full circle, beautiful moment in this journey and in this story. Um, Yes, we're going to be moving in other directions. I own a business. I, I have a lot of other things going on. I'm hoping to get out and speak more and really inspire people to live with their soul wide open as much as possible. But we've also been asked to go to San Quentin. We've been asked to go meet with one of the other kidnappers uh, with and go and, and have a conversation with him at, there at the prison. I'll be documenting that. I'll be talking about that. Um, And then who knows, it is really my hope to, to help talk about and help them share their redemption story as well. And it would be such a big, big piece of this story for me that would make it even more full circle, which would be to help them in some way, tell their redemption story too.
0: Because because their
1: stories and their redemption story is as important as my own, in my opinion
0: right i was going to say there are there's always two you know there's two stories there's you know two two people whatever their experience was that led them to make the choices that they made and as as you experienced being able to change and transform you know hopefully they can too and and only and collectively that's only going to help us all to heal right
1: that's, in my opinion, and I believe the more, again, we focus on understanding. we we Instead of asking ourselves, why me, why me, and we get stuck in this, you know, loop that is this why, I call it the why me trap. I talk about it when I speak on stages and stuff. This is a trap. You're, you may never, and, and especially if you stay focused on why me, why me, the answers aren't going to come in that space. You're just absolutely going in circles chasing your tail. And so- excuse me. And so when you begin to ask yourself different kinds of questions, again, what happened to them? What's next for me? How can I move? How? In what direction is the best for me to go for the best possible outcome? So we have to begin to ask ourselves questions that are going to lead us down this other path away from fear and anger and resentment and those types of things. And not only asking ourselves those questions, really, really, like you said in the beginning, being present and, and listening to that and going forward with whatever's coming up in your soul telling you to do. What's the answer to those questions asking you to do in the direction it's asking you to go? That might be really uncomfortable. That might be really scary. Do it anyway. literally do it anyway and see what happens. It's magic.
0: I think it's so important what you're saying, especially in light of, you know, the current climate that we're in, where there's so much hatred and misunderstanding for the other, you know, seeing what's going on with, you know, trans people, LGBTQ, and and how much uh, hatred and and non-understanding is being directed at them. And I think just not only that group, but so many others, and I think we need to feel more compassion and empathy for the other, just yeah, as, a, a really as a as a race, point. you know. Well, <laughs> as a human as, race.
1: Yeah, as a human race. A thousand percent agree with you. And we may not ever understand what this person is going through to make them make the decisions that they're making, because I've never been in the shoes of somebody that is, you know, really grappling with you know this essential crisis that they're having related to who they are and was i born the right person was i how do i i'm so confused or there could be a lot of you know sort of you know mental illness surrounding so much of what's going on in society today and we're not looking at the deeper issues related to this we're just everybody's just judging they're just looking at it and judging and If you really, really sit back and you really focus on, like you said, compassion and understanding and empathy and and look at it and go, we need to go deeper here. We need this isn't just the surface thing of what they look like and what they're trying to do to their bodies. There is a deeper, deeper issue here. It's the same thing with the people who attacked us and held us hostage and kidnapped us and tortured us. There is a deeper issue issue happening within them and within their soul within their being that led them to do this that I want to know more about. I want to know what happened to them and if we begin to again again to be more curious about not only about life and places and history but people and what's happening with them and what's the deeper issue going on? And is there something that we can do to support healing and to support growth and to support, you know, somebody getting out of this state of absolute confusion and into a place of self-love? I'm, I'm, I'm signing up for that.
0: Yeah. I'm signing up for that. I, I agree. And I, I feel the, the same in that I'm so interested in why people do what they do. Where is it coming from? How, how can we do better? Yeah. to lift to lift us all up, you know? Cuz totally. we're all, we're all in this together, right? On this planet. I mean, and you sharing your story, I'm so grateful that you're able to spend some time with me and you've got just such an amazing energy and after everything you've been through, you know, and you're, you still have this joyful vibe, which is oh. so great. I mean, what would you like to tell someone like someone who might be listening because you never know who's clicking on a podcast around the globe, you know, and they may be going through an unbelievable tragedy or challenge or some horrible thing that's happened. I mean, can you share a little light at the end of the tunnel?
1: What is happening now will not be happening forever. And if you need to make a change to get yourself out of a situation that you're in, the trauma that you're in, number one, seek the help that is out there. There's so much help available. One of the greatest things we did was go to therapy and and not just go to therapy and sit there, but we listened and we put into practice what we were being asked to do by this therapist who knew what she was talking about. She was fantastic. It was at the Rady Children's Hospital Chadwick Center here in San Diego. That was just one of the, the biggest blessings for us was to, my daughter had to go give her, be videotaped for her testimony in there. Um, and the, one of the therapists there found me in the hallway, like crouched down. I was a mess it was the greatest blessing in the world for us to then go into two years worth of therapy and learn about how to process through all of this stuff and understand that we do, we do not have to live the rest of our lives in a state of victimhood. Set yourself a goal that you are going to process this, but you are going to process away from it and not process into it. There's a difference you process into it and you begin to overly process into it and you just keep rehashing, rehashing, rehashing this over and over. And instead of understanding, you're going to get to a place where you can remember it. You're never going to forget it. Don't ever let anybody tell you, oh, you can get, oh, you're just going to get over it. That's, I I don't subscribe to that. You're not going to necessarily get over it. But you're going to process it to the place where you understand yourself better, what good can come from it, and you can still remember it without reliving it. There is healing that can happen that is deep, deep healing where you're no longer reliving it over and over and being traumatized and traumatizing yourself over and over and over again. Seek the right help. Reach out. Put go to my DMs. Tell me what you what you're going through. Find somebody like Jana in emotional healing retreats in your area, and find somebody who can guide you through this process and get you to the place of healing where you're remembering without reliving.
0: That's great advice. And if anyone's listening and they'd like to reach out to you, maybe your stories touched some people, which I'm sure it has. It touched me. What I've read. Uh, the best place is Michelle Dash Renee R E N E dot com. That's your website. You're you're also all over social,
1: <laughs> so people right, can yeah. find
0: you there. Right, you're on Instagram. I'm one of those
1: people that I think social media is such a fantastic tool to, you know, reach people and inspire people and share parts of my life that people can say she really is living with her soul wide open, and hopefully I can inspire as many people as possible is my goal to to do the same
0: well i hope everybody picks up the book it is out now 9 days living with my soul wide open after violent trauma and we Michelle,
1: actually the book's not open it's not out yet So you can pre-order. It was out for 30 days as an ebook and as a test that we were doing that it went so well. So we're relaunching and it's going to be, you can pre-order on the 9th and it's going to be available. It'll ship to you and be available on summer solstice, the first day of summer on June 21st.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, by the time this uh, podcast is out in the world... It'll, it'll be at that point, but I'm glad, thank you for, for clarifying that. Cause I want to make sure that people don't miss out on their chance to read this because it's such an amazing story and thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you spending time with me and Hey, any listeners out there, if you like this podcast, you know, definitely. Like, share, follow, subscribe, leave a review. I would love that. And also check out the other amazing podcasters that we have on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, very near and dear to my heart. And thank you so much, Michelle.
1: Diane, thank you so much for having me. This has really been fun. It's been a joy.